is Black Betty, and you are now listening to the Black Betty Podcast. And who is Black Betty? <laughs> Child, that's me. Just some Galagichi gal hailing from Charleston, South Carolina. I'm a rapper, singer, actor, and comedian telling stand-up jokes all over town, right in my hometown, Charleston, South Carolina. I'm an entrepreneur, single-handedly heading up my woman and black-owned business ragdoll cleaning company. Please don't play with me. I'm Black Betty. I thought you knew. Now listen here. Try to take something from this podcast that you can use. I hope to inspire you or help you inspire somebody else. But if you don't get nothing out of it, look, until next time, just mind your business. And I love you. This is the Betty Show podcast. I am your inimitable host, Black Betty. Just get in here. Let's talk. just want to make a change. I'm tired of a lot of things and I want to change them. I realize that I'm still seeing the same patterns I was seeing 10 years ago. That's ridiculous. I'm ready to make a change. There's a few things that I want to change right now. That would be where I live um my money i need more um <laughs> and my faith the way i'm practicing basically i would go back to church and stuff and get involved and go on to church and do that that whole thing but i have my hesitations for my reasons about that too just getting any less talk When I was a little girl in church, I was very heavily involved. I was raised by my great-grandmother who had kept us in the Bible from a young age. And then going to church was almost like our chance to put it all, you know, to use, to show people what, what she had been teaching us. And, you know, I always had a competitive nature. I always wanted to be the best as a kid. And so going to church was, that was my thing. And I excelled. (laughs) I preached a sermon when I was 13 years old. I was a member of the usher board. I was on the youth choir. I was in the youth group. I went on several uh, church trips. The biggest reason why I was so well-traveled, at least in the U.S., by the time I was a senior in high school, is because of church. It's because my grandmother and grandfather never let me miss a trip. I went to California with my church. I went just all over, you know, and, you know, the reason why I like to mention the California is because I was raised on the East Coast, and that's how far, you know, to say that I went all the way to the West Coast, went to church, like, yeah, I got on my first airplane because of church. I was going somewhere with the church, and so um, I was very heavy into church, and as a little young, little protege for Christ, I was deep, and my faith was real, very young. I was baptized when I was 12 because I wanted to do it. I, I, my faith was very real. So it was very jarring for me the first time on a church trip that I finally was 
kind of invited to hang with everybody else. Because I understand most people did not want to hang with me. I was a super holy little church girl, and I didn't know why. I was like, what's wrong? We all are super holy church girls, right? Yeah, that was my surprise. By the time I started going on church trips and finally people, you know, somebody invited me to see what everybody else was doing, I was shocked. I'm just, you know, I was a real goody good. So when I saw that, you know, the same, you know, people who I was, you know, praising the Lord with all young, thinking they were just like me, were actually just normal teenagers. Liking boys, kissing boys, some of them having sex, sneaking around on the church trips. Like, I was just shocked, I'll be honest. I was like, what? Because I just thought everybody was good. Here I was, a whole virgin. I get on a church trip and find out, you know, half of my church sisters are not that. <laughs> and, um, you know, I always had an issue with it. I've always tried not to judge but, you know, and I kept plenty of secrets, but I always used to be like, uh-uh. And it just kind of made me uncomfortable. I turned away from church around age 15, 16. I just, I'll never forget the first morning. I don't know the exact date or time, but I just remember the morning that I woke up. I was 15 years old, and this was a big, hard decision for me to tell my great-grandmother, who I went to church with every Sunday, and everything else throughout the week that we went to. And I woke up one morning, I was 15, and I said, I am not going. And she fussed and wrestled with me for a little bit, and then she let me stay home. And I know she prayed for me because that was my grandmother, but I, I, you know, I will say around 15 is what started my stray. I strayed from the word for 15 years. And yeah. I didn't come back till around 30 years old. I strayed. I definitely, you know, kept believing in God, but I lost a lot of faith in Jesus. I was distanced from him, distanced from the word, and I, I, I felt safe in the distance. And um, I... I'm not blaming, you know, nothing that, you know, no kids did for that. I'm just saying that seeing that my peers who smiled with me in church and did the same things, that, you know, in front of the adults were putting on a facade for the adults kind of shook my faith a lot. You know, those are the kind of things that I was taking into account and I started feeling like, I was the only one who didn't know that this was all a hoax. This was all a game. It was a lot of the adults I encountered, too, which contributed to my decision to turn away. Um, feeling like judged and attacked all the time by them. I understand when I didn't go to church that Sunday, I didn't just completely stop forever. I, I would pop in when I wanted to. But because I, you know, wasn't going every Sunday faithfully the way I had, you know, since I was really young, the adults, when I showed up, would say little things like, well, what wind blew you this way? And it was just always this nastiness. And nastiness from adults, you know, fake stuff from my peers. I just began losing a lot of my faith. 
So now let's fast forward to me. I'm 35. I'm strong in my faith. Actually, really just truly rededicated the right way in October of 2022. And, um, but you know, I've been reading the Bible. I've been praying. I've been following, you know, YouTube pastors for a couple years now. I've been getting in my word for several years, but just kind of really dove in and full surrender in October. And, you know, with this year or two of coming back into the fold, I'll say three years I've been back into the fold. Like, again, I was studying privately, you know. But since coming back into the fold, I've been met with those same feelings from 15 years old that took me out of it. Only I'm stronger now and understand the word better that I can, I know what to do. But the feelings I'm talking about is just being around so-called Christians and feeling like this is not right. The message I want to share with you today is people misrepresent the word all the time. The word is misrepresented by false prophets, by people, false Christians. Can I tell you all that? Fake Christians are more dangerous to a wavering heart than a false prophet because it's almost like we, you know, we pick and choose what pastors or whatever we want to listen to. But those fake Christians that we grew up with, that we know, they were actually our first representation of Christ, of Christianity. And so if you had a mother who was heavy in the church and heavy in the book. And I'm, this is just, you know, hypothetical because that's not what I had. But if you had a mother that was heavy in the book and heavy in the church, you know, in public, and then y'all came home, you came home and you saw something different. You had a mother who misrepresented the word to you. And whereas it made me nervous and scared and unsure when I was a kid, now it just makes me really sad when I see how badly so many misrepresent Christianity. This is the reason that so many Christians, excuse me, so many people run away from Christianity, don't want nothing to do with it, find it, you know, of horrible, find it something, you know. I have friends, you know, as I was starting to really take my turn, who would say things like, you know, baby, if you like it, I love it, when it came to me diving back into the Word or, that's great. If it works for you, it works for you. And reading through those lines, what they were saying is, this is not for me. But if it's working for you, go ahead. And that is always so, you know, tell me you, you don't know the word without telling me you, you don't know the word. Christianity and salvation is for everyone. But people who have misrepresented the word have made people who struggle with things in their life feel like they have no place in the house of the Lord. They have no place in the presence of the Lord. And I'm, you know, my face is getting that fuzzy feeling right now thinking about that because I know how untrue that is. As somebody who has fallen flat on my face so many times, has done things, you know, that got me into trouble many, many times have been, you know, I've not misrepresented the word. Yeah, I have in some ways, 
but misrepresented myself by being somebody, you know, who I truly wasn't, but, you know, decided to play a role because of a, an emotion. I'm angry, so I'm going to play this role of the bitch. I'm, I'm, I'm hurt, so I'm going to play the role of the, of the get-back queen. Um, you know, so I played roles, and I'm just saying, even when you read the Bible, I just said this on somebody's thread when they was trying to come for some of my favorite pastors. <laughs> well, I don't believe with my pastors. Is, you know, I said that to them. Tell me you don't know the word without, without telling me you don't know the word. But, you know, oh, there's so much to it. But people do misre misrepresent the word. I'm thinking about Kirk Franklin. You know, a year ago or so, Kirk Franklin had that scandal where a recording of him cursing up to his son was leaked and people looked at him all kind of way and, yeah, how you going to be a man of God and you doing this or you doing that? Y'all know how people go. And people went, you know, crazy. But um, I remember even during then, I was thinking, like, y'all so deep, how y'all, like, refuse to let, you know, leaders be human. But I know what that's like as being, you know, a local influencer in my hometown, you know, while I was still there. You know, I know what that feeling is of no one wanting to allow you to just be a human being because you are something else to them. You're a comedian to them. You're a rapper to them. You're a star to them. And they just can't let you be human. And there's this thing with, you know, oh, goodness, pastors and People who in in the church who, you know, don't want to let other people be just human beings. What are human beings? Not perfect individuals. Jesus, that's what I said to the person on the thread. Jesus was the only perfect prophet in the Bible. All the rest of the people that God used in the Bible had fault. They had fault. The Betty Show is a nonprofit organization founded in May of 2022 in South Carolina by Black Betty. And no, we still don't have a website yet. And no, we still are not doing any fundraisers or projects right now. But we are a nonprofit organization dedicated to increasing people's self-esteem. We're committed to helping people build and maintain healthy self-esteem, believing that to feel good about yourself is to reach your full potential. And similarly to the way that people will tell you to, you know, just love yourself without giving you any instruction. People often will say, just pray, just give it to God, just vent to God without any instruction, not understanding that somebody who is not, you know, strong in their faith can't hear that hullabaloo because that's what it sounds like to them. It just sounds generic and cliche. And as I begin to really step into what God wants for me and trying to spread his word and around, you know, in dark places, I realize that I want to make it my business to not be one of those types of speakers for him. The same way I don't want to be, 
misrepresenting a real Christian. I don't want to sit around and be the Christian that says all these cliche things that don't have any meaning to them because you know they don't. I understand that one way a Christian can misrepresent the word is simply by quoting it without real understanding or knowledge. So, you know, you're not even really giving an advice. You're just giving me a generic quote that you yourself don't even really understand. Did it help you for somebody to say, just pray? You know, if you were in a certain, you know, dark place in your life, you know, but just becoming an adult has just been like, dang, this is like being a teenager all over again. I'm, now I'm just amongst adults who are misrepresenting. Um, you know, I meet all kinds of people who come to me and talk to me because the first thing out their mouth is, yeah, God, 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 and they know I like that. So they try to talk to me about that. But as soon as they open their mouth, it's just like, yeah, no, nanny, you, you know, you ain't, you know, I don't want to talk to you about my faith because your spirit ain't all the way right. It's similar to some people who will say, you got to watch, you can't let everybody pray for you because you don't know who they're praying to. And it's a real true thing because you just don't really know how people's spirit is. And, and you know, that's something you got to try to learn for yourself. But, you know, whether you can or cannot, the best thing you can do when you're in that state of feeling lost or broken is take it to God, I promise you. I don't care who misrepresented him to you. That's still the best alternative. And I'd argue it's the only one, because for me, it has been the only thing that worked. It's been the only thing that truly set my spirit free, is knowing that I had a friend in Jesus. And how did I, you know, kind of polish off that relationship? I had to read the Bible. I listened to pastors. I'm going to give you some good ones. Tony Evans. Bible-based, scripture-based, really breaks down scripture type of pastor. Good pastor to listen to if you're really getting into that word. Now, if you're a little newer, a little bit newbier, and you ain't, you know, you might not be ready for Tony Evans because he's for the people who are ready to study that word. Joel Osteen will always be my favorite tip I give anybody is listen to Pastor Joel. Why? Pastor Joel has a podcast where he has his sermons broken down. They're about 28 minutes long. Pastor Joel has a formula for the way he preaches. You can tell after listening to just a handful of his sermons. He follows a very strict formula that keeps the message very short and sweet. But what's that? That's really good for you know, new people, people just trying to check out Christianity because he's on par with scripture and his message is very uplifting. Now, there are a lot of people who say, Christians even, they don't trust nobody with with no mega church. And (laughs) I just think that's hilarious because, all right, somebody got a mega church and they can't fill the seats. Who cares? But somebody got a mega church and every seat is filled. I'm not saying that evil people don't get all kind of people to follow them. But I'm saying that's a blessing. I don't care. 
I listen to a lot of Joel, and he ain't saying nothing that I can't go find in my Bible. So the fact that he can say these things that are rooted in the Word of God to people that in a arena, basically, the compact center, like he always talking about in the sermons, is an arena, and it was for sports. And he fills that thing, a sports arena, with people who want to know the Word of God. No, you ain't going to come for him. But anyway, he's really good for a beginning early Christian or somebody who's just trying to, who's just curious about the faith. Pastor Joel, he keeps it short, he keeps it sweet, very short messages, but there are some very um, uniform things to his message that will will get you, you know, because I had a teacher in high school that always said the key to learning is repetition. The key to learning is repetition. And Joel knows how to do that. I got to do the mantra because I love it. The beginning of every one of Joel's sermons, he makes his uh, congregation hold up their Bibles and say, this is my Bible. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. No, I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess that my heart is receptive, receptive, my mind is alert, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, God bless you. <laughs> no, I definitely understand how some people can hear stuff like that and be like, see, that's why I don't do that cultish stuff. But uh, what did I say that was negative? Nothing. So, you know, whatever. And I used to be like that too. Mind you, when I was strained, that was my issue. I was like, Christianity is too cultish. It's cultish. It's cultish. And I realized that cultish was probably the wrong word for me in my experience and with my church. I should have used the word clicky. And that brings me back to subject because another problem with these people, these Christians that misrepresent the word, is that they're also clicked up together. So now you got a group of people, you know, condoning or second handing, high fiving somebody who's misrepresenting the word, and all of them running around misrepresented because they're sitting in church every day and they're wearing their hats and their dresses and tell, you know, Christian, Christian, God, God, God. But as soon as they leave that church, they got a mouthful of curse words. They got a spirit that is jealous, that is nasty. They got, you know, backbiting, gossiping, all kind of nasty things. And that's what I can't stand. Again, people come to me a lot, you know, because I talk about God on my platform and that's one way people try to get in with me. Oh, and you love God? Well, let me tell you, I'm, 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 I love God, 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 God. And, but, you know, the main point I want to make, and I hope you'll take away from this episode will be, is that you know a Christian by their deeds, not by their words. You know a Christian by their deeds. Oh, man, a song just came to me. You can tell that we are Christians by our love, by our love. And they'll know that we are Christians by our love. That's all I got. I cannot remember the rest of that song, so I'm definitely going to have to look that up for a little later. And they'll know that we are Christians by our love, by our love. Dang, what is that song? Y'all, I was raised in the church, so songs just be like, I just suddenly remember one, but let me make this point before I go too far on this tangent. They will know you are a Christian by your love, and I say that to say this. People represent the word all the time. 
So you got to just use your own discernment when you're encountering these people. You have those feelings like, uh-uh. Then that's what it is. There was somebody who I um, used to work with. And, you know, they're known for being a big old Christian. They're always quoting scripture. They talk about God a lot. They, you know, listen to the word. They study. They got the Christian people. But they did something real underhanded and nasty to me. And they, every other word out their mouth is a cuss word. And, you know, again, you will tell a Christian body love, body heart. Yeah, somebody might claim to be a Christian and claim to be a follower of God, but you got to watch how they act. When you really get with him, you start asking him to remove things in you that are not of him. And he will if you're earnest and you try. I was a cussing sailor three seconds ago. I still cuss. I'm still working on it. But I prayed on that thing for months and months and months, especially as it related to going live and on my platform. Just at least help me speak right when I'm, when I'm talking publicly, if nothing else. And he's done just that. I get on my platform and it's almost, it's, I can say it's easy yet, but it's getting there for me to just talk and not use curse words and substitute words that are not curse words. And I'm just enjoying watching myself grow in this way. And, and it's not just about cursing, though. It's about what you do. It's about how you treat people. It's about how you talk about people, how you gossip people, how you turn people out. And, you know, people call themselves Christians. They would never, you know, give somebody a warm bed. I know plenty of people. Hey, my family is all, you know, super Bible-thumping Christians. And they allowed me, me and my son to be homeless and hungry. That is not what the Word says. So you cannot take it from anybody else. If you want to know that word, you got to know it for yourself. You got to get into it for yourself. And please, little bumblebee, don't shy away from it because of experiences with people from your past or even your present that made you feel like, no, this ain't for me. Because you should never base your experience with God on your experience with a man who said he was representing God. Because, baby, anybody can say anything and be wrong. Anybody can say you're representing God. Yeah, you are, but you forgot the miss. You misrepresented. <laughs> that was corny, but it made my point, so I'm going to let that ride. I'm going to keep that in there. Yeah. And so... If somebody's a Christian, you'll know by the way they treat you. you know by the spirit. you feel it. You can tell. There are different things that you can, you know, discern in them. You see that their spirit isn't very different from these people out here in the secular world. Then you're not dealing with an elevated Christian, period, point blank. So you can listen to them. They might know some word. They can tell you something good and can. But you definitely cannot base the entire, you know, religion of Christianity on one misrepresenter. And so somebody is a true Christian, you can tell it how they walk. It's in their walk. It's in their talk. It's in the way they treat other people. And that's it. Take that. 
As a part of the self-care series, if I wanted to tie this episode into the self-care series, self-love series, I would say, if you want to love yourself more, try to learn how to love God and get close to him. And he will reveal everything to you that you need to be comfortable in the body that he gave you. So you can take it with a grain of salt if you want, but it is what it is. I love y'all. I thank y'all for joining me on this episode of The Betty Show. I hope there's something you can use in here. If not, that ain't none of my business, so don't bring it to me. I love you very much. Now take care. Bye. If you don't like the way I love me, that's too bad. It's just too bad. Get in here, let's talk. Cousins, I hope you are following me by now on Instagram. My Instagram tag is at the original BB. That's me, Black Betty BB, Ebony Walker. You'll find me on Instagram. And um, that's me. So, yeah, (laughs) follow me on Instagram and on TikTok. That's where I'm at, the original BB, BB, all them things. You can find me. And if, you know, you having trouble, look for Black Betty. BB is just a nickname for Black Betty. Black Betty is Black Betty, B-E-T-T-E. Follow me, follow me, yeah. All right, bye. Thank you, thank